Today we're talking with Ashrita Tawari. Ashrita is a certified hypnotherapist and personal power coach who helps online health coaches clear their unconscious fears so that they can get out of overwhelm and into consistent action. She was born in Nepal and immigrated to the U.S. when she was just six years old. And today we talk about her journey as a high achieving immigrant, moving from struggle and chaos to finding peace by exploring her emotions and developing an improved relationship with herself. This is such an important topic. As you'll hear, Ashrita clearly was hitting all the success markers from an early age. Those external trophies are not what brings us happiness. You're listening to The Inspired Way, stories of everyday heroines, real life inspiration. I'm your host, transformational coach and connection catalyst, CJ Rivard. Join me weekly to hear real life inspiration and tips for tackling your life's challenges. Each week you'll hear from a relatable woman who shares about her struggles and the tools she used to work through them. By being women of courageous action, vision, and ongoing evolution, each of us can create a ripple of positive impact, and together, we'll create a wave of change. Join us. Okay, well, welcome, everyone, to another inspiring interview. I'm so pleased to introduce you to my friend, Ashrita Tawari, this afternoon, and she's got a great story to share. So welcome, Ashrita. Thank you. I'm so honored to be here with you, CJ. I appreciate here and have this conversation. I appreciate you making the time to connect. So everyone just heard a little bit about you, but why don't you let us know where you're calling in from today? Yeah, so I'm currently located in Arlington, Mass in the United States. So that's like about 15 minutes from Boston, Mass. And it's warm today, 70 degrees. (laughs) It was like 40 yesterday. (laughs) Amazing. We'll take it, right? As long as we can have it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And do you have anything fun you'd like to share to help people get to know you a little bit before we get started? Yeah, of course. So I, yeah, I love, I have, CJ and I were talking about my puppy that I have (laughs) right before we hit record. Her name is Asha. She's a little mini Labradoodle, but she's amazing. I feel like she just has brought so much joy and magic into my life. And so I play a lot with my puppy. (laughs) And another thing, a little bit about me too, is one of the things, one of my hobbies is bodybuilding. And I've really been getting into bodybuilding competitions. And I did my first one recently last year and something that to do as well. Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure that's going to tie into your transformational journey as we talk about it, because that's not an easy thing to accomplish. So I'm looking forward to to hearing more about that. So why don't you dive in and tell us a little bit about your childhood and your roots. Yeah, absolutely. So I was not born in the United States. I was born in a small country for many of you who don't know. It's called Nepal. It's right in between China and India. It's a small world country. It's a small third world country. Mm-hmm. And I came to the United States when I was six years old. And at a very young age, actually, I was separated from my parents. So my, you know, we grew up in Nepal and there's not a lot of opportunities in Nepal. So many people from Nepal are like their dreams is to come to the United States so that they can have a business or create something, a better future for their families. And so that's what my dad was chasing, right? When he was in Nepal. So 
he ended up getting a visa, which was a huge thing for us at in, in the 1990s or actually 1980s. And he and that was also when I was born right after I was born, he left right right after I was born, he came to the United States. And later on went and like a year later went to invited my mom to come as well. And so for a good amount of the very young stages of my life, I was separated from my parents. And I know now what I do is, you know, that had a huge impact on me. And I, I wasn't aware of that at that age. But I came here when I was six. And then I moved to Somerville, Mass, which is in Massachusetts in the United States. And my family and I actually family of five. So my younger sister was born in the United States. And my brother, who is less than a year older than me, we were all living in like a one bedroom apartment for a family of five. And, you know, growing up, we were really this immigrant family that like that was really living from paycheck to paycheck mm-hmm. on survival mode. We discovered at a very young age that my mom also has a mental illness called schizophrenia, which is really challenging for my family and I. A, because in Nepali culture, right, when when there's some sort of mental illness that's not received that well, especially back in the days. And so, you know, my mom would often be seen as crazy and like making things harder rather than us really trying to figure out what is the problem? How could we help and support her? And then on top of that, you know, my dad was the only one working for a family of five. And he was working, you know, like restaurant jobs. It wasn't, you know, a salary job with benefits necessarily. And he was really just trying to end meat. And so there was a lot of survival mode. And my father also had some anger things that he had to work through. And so for me, that upbringing was really, really chaotic and difficult. And so at a very young age, actually, because my sister is six years younger than me, I realized that, okay, my mom is. It's not quite there. There was something that I realized at a young age that like made me aware, okay, my mom's not there. I need to step up as, you know, the daughter in this family and really taking care of my little sister at a young age and becoming this mother figure. And so for me, I had to, because of my circumstances, I had to like kind of leave my childhood behind. So I always feel like I didn't really quite have a childhood because of my circumstances. I had to just take care of my sister and I started working at age 14, right? At Dunkin' Donuts, going to like in the weekends at like 4 a.m., opening the stores. And so, so yeah, at a very young age, I started supporting my family financially as well. And so that's a little bit about my upbringing. But, you know, the reason I share all this is because for me, I was really grateful that I had this awareness at a young age and I was able to see that everything that was happening was happening to me. And so, I was able to reframe my circumstances and say, hey, this is actually my motivation. This is what this is my motivation to kind of do really well in this country and support my family and become more aware. And so so that is kind of what has led me. Let me just interrupt there for a minute. What do you think? I mean, for someone so young, did someone introduce you to personal development or did you have a role model that helped you understand that? Or you know, a teacher, maybe, how do you think you came to this awareness? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I didn't, I didn't have any role models. I didn't have any mentors. For me, I think because I ha- I always really valued my family and that's the culture that I grew up in was like family comes first. And we all, I was always like 
taught this idea that, hey, if you start to well, you have to bring your family with you, right? And so this idea was ingrained in my head. And so just because I'm a and and because I was able to also like move from Nepal and come to the United States, right? And the intention was to to become to become more aware, to be, to seek opportunities. Mm-hmm. I, I had this framework, like I always had this framework that I was here for a, a specific reason. Like there was a why my father out of all the thousands of people in Nepal who were trying to get a visa to come to the United States got the visa, right? And we, he was able to help us come here. And so I always had that narrative, always kept me going and striving for more. And I always had this idea that, okay, like my family just doesn't know any better. And I don't, I can't even tell you where that came from. It's just something that was like within me. It's an inner knowing that I'm still discovering for myself in regards to like, how did I have this awareness at such a young age? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's yeah. incredible. So what did you do that stands out looking back on, say, high school and your your young adult years going on? I know you went to college. Um, mm-hmm. What did you do that stands out as maybe different from the kids, whether it's your siblings or kids in your neighborhood? And how did you lead by example and try mm-hmm. and pull everyone along? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So I think for me, I was grateful that when I was in my high school years that I had a circle of friends who were on this trajectory of like, how can we become better? How can we become more educated so that we can like really serve more people? And so I had a circle of friends that kind of had this similar philosophy, right? And so we were all really high achievers in high school and I did really well in school. So that was one thing that I was really good at starting at a young age was being very obedient, right? Being really good at school and being really good at performing. And so I was really grateful that I went to a high school that was very diverse and I was really able to excel. And from there, I was in a really good location, which was Somerville, Mass., which has a lots of colleges and universities. Mm-hmm. And I was able to get into one of the top colleges in the area, Boston College. And I think that for me, that was a huge deal for me and my family. Like it was a very emotional thing, a big deal, because I was the first person in my family to get into a really good college in the United States. I mean, not even just a good college, just a college in general, right? And so because I had this thing happen in in high school, you know, I did take that as, okay, like I'm meant to be, I'm here for a specific reason. I'm meant to be helping my family shift in there. And what I was looking at really was like the income level, right? Like that was the purpose of going to college for a lot of immigrants is to go to college, get a good secure job so that we can make money and support the family. And so that was the narrative that I was living off at that time. And in high school, in in college, because I didn't, I was, I didn't have the support of my family. Like I did have the support of my family, but they didn't know anything about higher ed. They didn't know anything about college. Right. They just, all they could really tell me was like, Hey, do a good job in college. Right. Or they could bring me some food here and there, which was amazing, but they, there wasn't a lot of guidance because they didn't know any better. And so In college, I had to really just learn how to become independent myself and really had to learn how can I be more resourceful? How can I navigate this world that is so scary, right? And I don't feel as as supported as I want. And so for me, again, in college, it just felt like I was surviving, right? I was really 
being resourceful, but it was out of like survival because I didn't have another choice. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I did really well in college. And I do think that even in college, I was still on survival mode. Right. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I went, I took some time off and I worked in the education system for a little bit. And I went back to get my master's in higher ed and leadership. And that's when I was like, that was my first experience. And this was actually the first experience that I was away from my family. So I did live in college, like when I was in Boston College, but like I was still really close to my family, meaning they were like 20 minutes away, right? But this was my first time that I actually was living in my own apartment in this area where my family wasn't around when I got my master's. And that's when I started to really thrive. And that is also when I started to really develop, dive into personal development. It was an area that I had no idea even existed. (laughs) And I don't think many of us knew, right? And so... And then I really started to look at my health and well-being. And that's when I started to discover a sport that many of your audience might know, CrossFit. And I realized that, wow, like I actually love health and wellness. It's something that I'm very passionate about. And I became passionate because I watched my mom, right? My mom also developed diabetes. So my mom ended up developing diabetes and she had a mental illness, right? Yeah. And so I, I watched my mom kind of become worse and worse every year due to the not knowing, right? It's not her fault, didn't know, but also the choices she was making unknowingly. And I I was able to observe that. And for me, I was like, well, you know, I want to make sure that I'm not like my mom. How can I be the opposite? And so, and so I started to really discover health and wellness and dived into CrossFit, which was something that I loved doing. I felt really empowered when I would like be able to lift something really heavy and just like really give it my all. And then I started running marathons right? And ha- like I did a bunch of half marathons when I was in my, uh, that's when I got into running during my master's program. And I realized actually during that time that the more I can really focus on like my habits, my routines, my self-care, meaning like my exercise, my mental well-being, right? That I start dive into meditation. The Actually, the, the better I did in school, like the better I performed, the better I was like, as a, as a I was teaching courses on diversity in my master's program. And I was doing research and I was also working and a full course load. And I had a lot going on, but the more that I committed to myself, the relationship that I had with myself, the better I did. And so I knew there was something there, like, and, and I did based off my own personal experience. And then once I graduated from my master's program, I started to look into like, maybe I can like do this. Like maybe I can be a personal trainer or health and wellness, like coach, like this is, there's something here that it has really impacted my life. And so how can I help people with what I've learned? Mm-hmm. And that's when I dived into becoming a personal trainer and in health and wellness and nutrition and started coaching people around that. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in a place where I'm so grateful. I've been able to like combine all of the education that I've had. So I have a sociology degree from Boston College with the women's studies minor, and then I have a higher ed degree and leadership degree with the master's program. And now I'm working in with my clients on subconscious reprogramming and working on their habits, working on the relationship that they have with themselves. And I'm also working with leaders to help them develop those things. And so it's just really cool how like the, my whole story and the journey has led me to this path where I am now, where Mm -hmm. I feel so lit up and so energized. And I'm finally at a place where I feel like I'm thriving, right? I'm no longer in this survival mode. It's like, I'm thriving, but not just externally, like Mm -hmm. really based off of 
what I'm doing and the money I'm making, right? Mm-hmm. It's less about that. It's about how I, I feel like I'm thriving internally, right? I'm no longer in this, this survival mode internally and in this conflict. And so that's a little bit about like how my story and my journey has kind of led me to you know, where I am now. So when you, what I heard you say is, you know, there was struggle and chaos. Would you say that over your, the course of your young adult years, as you got into the, the working out and the, you know, health and wellness, it just kind of evolved over time that you found more peace and ability to thrive versus struggle Because, I mean, you are a high achiever. I was waiting for you to tell me about the breakdown you had along the way that made you stop (laughs) and slow down a little bit. You were just on fire. So how did you take that go, go, go and turn it into thriving and and not struggle? Uh, Yeah. So thank you for bringing that up. So Yes. So when I discovered health and wellness, I was still in survival, right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't like I was now thriving. However, I finally have tools that can support me with my health Mm -hmm. and allow me to really like focus on the relationship that I have with myself. That was like the beginning of learning more about myself, right? Like that's like the surface beginning part of it. And so for me, it started with my physical health. Right. However, as I really started diving in and evolving into this, into this, like, how do I develop a better relationship with myself? It wasn't until maybe like two years ago, two and a half years ago, where I realized like a big part of what's been missing for me is the emotional piece, right? Really understanding my emotions, because one of the things that I did unconsciously do, right, because of how I grew up is that I was numbing my emotions at a young age, right? Because of the circumstances that was around me. And that was a coping mechanism for me, right? And and by numbing, numbing you mean emotions. just kind of ignoring them, or yeah. Okay. So, so numbing my emotions, meaning like I wasn't allowing myself at a young age to even. I didn't have anyone to talk to about things. I wasn't mm-hmm. processing anything, right? So there was like it just seemed like I was this child that didn't have much, many emotions, but I did internally. I just Mm -hmm. didn't have any way to express it or an outlet of any kind. And so, so I was like numbing my emotions that way. And then as an adult, as I went into college, I realized that I was still numbing my emotions, but now I was doing it through achieving and doing like now, like going after goals and things. And yes, I started my journey in in the physical wellness, right? Um, I was still not really getting into like deep emotional work. Um, and it wasn't until a couple of years ago that I started diving into that, that I realized, okay, I'm redefining what wellness, health and wellness even means, right? Like what well-being means. It, it's not just the physical health. It's not just exercising and eating right. Cause I did mm-hmm. think that for so long, it's actually way more than that. It's also like your emotions and giving yourself space to process things and really checking in with like, how is your vibration, right? How are you showing up and not just doing things? And so, yeah, so I think it's definitely has evolved. Like the relationship that you have with yourself, right? With myself has evolved over time. And I I see it as constantly evolving, constantly Mm -hmm. unfolding, right? Like more layers of learning that we all, I think, experience. And so yeah. So that, that it wasn't until I started doing that emotional work, that internal work. Right. That's when I was like, all right, now I'm moving into thriving. OK, got it. Yeah. 
Thank you yeah. for clarifying that. Yeah, you're welcome. So, you're welcome. Where you made that shift from struggle to thrive. Yeah, That's excellent. Yeah. So in an effort to cut the struggle short for anyone listening, what is a top takeaway you'd want them to have from this conversation or to know in advance from having to go through such a long process like you did? Yeah. Yeah, I would say I feel like, you know, so much of our society right, and the people around us and media has conditioned us to focus so much on things that are outside us, right? Like mm-hmm. as far as like how much money are we making? How much are we producing? How much, you know, how your house, how, how many cars do you have? All of these external factors that we measure our success and our worth by. And I would say like, you know, in order to really get into a place where you feel like you're thriving is like, it's so important for people to do that internal work, right? And really dive into your limiting beliefs and dive into your fears and your emotions. That's the work that has been so profound for me. And I know it's so profound for the clients that I work with right now too, because once you change what's what's going on internally, the external is like, it's easy, right? But so much of our world and so much of our society focuses on external things. And that's why you know, there's so many people I know that are so successful, but they're not happy, right? Yeah. They're still in, in survival mode, even though yeah. it looks like they have it all. And so it's not just about receive. It's more about like, how are you feeling? How are you being? And like, what's going on internally? Mm-hmm. People frequently, most of us have learned to go at it backwards. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's okay because that's what we were taught, right? We didn't yep. know any better. And so I'm not saying like, that's wrong. That's bad. That's not what I'm saying. Right. It's just, it's just really changing how we look at things and how we look at like, how do we actually get to a place where we're feeling grounded and in peace and thriving internally and externally. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. I talk a lot about intentional growth and not just letting life happen to us, but being intentional in really looking at where we are and what we need to work on and how we're feeling and how we're finding happiness. Because if we can't find it now in the moment, we're not going to have it when we have that thing, right? Right. That thing, that that goal we're chasing. Right. And we're, I believe that goals are important as humans. It's kind of how we're made to go after goals and feel you know, accomplished by achieving things, but it's not what makes us happy. You know, it's just part of finding that on the journey. It's the journey of goal achieving that is just so incredibly juicy and fun. Yeah. And I would even say who are we becoming during that journey, right? Like who are we stepping into? That's the most important thing that I've learned. It's not, yes, having goals are amazing. I've always been goal-oriented, but it's also not attaching to that goal and focusing on like, who are you being? Who are you being vibrationally? How are you actually shifting things around you and the people around you through your vibration and how you show up? Absolutely. And I wanted to ask you, because you had mentioned doing the bodybuilding as part of your fitness journey, was that a difficult leap Not that you weren't already in shape, but to get into the competition and just putting yourself out there as a bodybuilder, was that a leap to make or anything that was a challenge for you? 
Yeah, absolutely. So it was a huge leap. And actually, I before I did my first competition last year, I was working on going on my first bodybuilding competition for years. And it wasn't until I started doing this emotional work that I was actually able to make it on stage because my pattern before that was emotional eating, was binge eating. And so I was really, really good at, I was really, really good at doing the workouts and even eating all the right things and being disciplined that way. But because I hadn't actually healed some of the emotional things and I've known it for so long, right? Mm -hmm. I had this pattern of binge eating that wasn't actually going to be helpful for a bodybuilding competition, especially, right? Mm -hmm. So that was a challenge for me. And it wasn't until I started doing the emotional work that I was actually able to achieve this goal. And, you know, being in the health and wellness and fitness industry, I know that for so many people, it's the eating that's the most difficult thing, right? Mm -hmm. The exercise, you know, I think some people, it can be a little bit harder, but it's the eating, it's the eating right. And with the eating and also like getting into the emotional eating and the binge mm-hmm. eating that so many, so many women and so many men also have a hard time with. And so that is also for me, why I have pivoted my business. Cause I used to be a personal trainer and I worked mm-hmm. really on nutrition and eating and I had a very holistic approach, but I didn't really dive into the subconscious mind or dive into emotion, our emotions mm-hmm. during that. Right. And I knew that there was something missing, right? My clients were you know, they were easily able to like lose 10 pounds, right? They were able to follow that for a little bit. But then like, as soon as they finish the program, they're gaining those weight again, yeah. right? And so I was yeah. like, okay, there's something that was missing that they're not sticking to this. And so that's when I started to really be curious and be like, okay, what is it that I'm not seeing? And start to dive into emotions and subconscious work and really look at and how do we actually rewire our thoughts and our emotions mm-hmm. so that we can, some of these goals that we have that like, that have been hard for us. And that, you know, for me, the bodybuilding was a difficult thing. So, so that was something I experienced. Other piece of it is, you know, I grew up in a culture in a poly culture where like wearing a bikini is just not like no one, no one wears bikinis. Like that would be outrageous for me to go to a Nepali event and wear a bikini. And so I had a lot of stories and thoughts around shame around my body and showing my body that way, even though I was fit, I looked great. I still had a lot of shame around mm-hmm. it. And so that was something I really had to work through with like stepping into that and being not in shame with my body and being able to show it and show the work that I've put into mm-hmm. it, the all of the hard work and the dedication and just really show up as myself in confidence in a bikini. Right. And so right. that was the other part of it. Yeah. I was wondering, I hadn't thought about shame because obviously you looked amazing and still do, but I was just thinking about fear, you know, any fears that would get in the way of, you know, going on stage in high heels and a bikini and with all these other very competitive and in shape women. Um, that's, that's incredible. Good for you. You, uh, yeah. so do you have plans yeah. to continue that as a hobby? Yes. Yes. Yep. I still, I still do the workouts. I'm not in, in uh, competition mode right now, but I will be next year. I plan to do another bodybuilding competition. So yes, I'm going to continue this journey because I've learned so much from that. And it's just not, it's not just about how I look, right. It's so Mm -hmm. much more and deeper than that. And so that was really helpful. And I guess to answer your question about our fears, my fears was like, what are people going to think of me? right? Mm-hmm. Like how, what is my family going to think of me? I had time even like posting the pictures on social media. It took me a little bit to post the picture. Cause I was oh, like, yeah. I have family that follow me. Right. So 
there was a lot of like things I had to work through around like fear of judgment from people because yeah. that's just, that was a different version of me that a lot of people did not see before. Right. So, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. would think that would be a really huge thing, the way right. you describe your family and yeah. probably a lot of the family friends and yeah, whatnot. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Good for you. So what's your next big goal or achievement you're working on? <laughs> yeah. So right now, actually, I am I'm launching my next program and that's going to be next month. It's all around helping online health coaches, right, who clear their unconscious fears and help them step into clarity, consistency and confidence in their business and also in life. Because awesome. I, I, I know that they go hand in hand, right? It's not, they're yeah. not, it's not separate. And, you know, right now I do feel like more than ever, our society and our world needs health coaches mm -hmm. and healers to really step into their leadership. And I, I know so many amazing leaders and health coaches who are just heart centered and want to help people, but there's still some internal things that they're struggling with. And so my program is all around helping them really clear their conscious fears and focus on the relationship that they have with themselves so that they can really step into being leading by example. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So yeah. tell us where people can learn more about you and I will include it in the show notes. So they can, Great. if you're driving, you can find it later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I'm on Instagram under Ashrita, A-S-H-R-I-T-A underscore coach. And I also have a website, ashritatuari.com. And you can also find me on Facebook as well, Ashrita mm -hmm. Muna Tiwari. I'm in all the platforms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Super. Well, this has been such an inspiring conversation. You were definitely... Definitely a woman on fire getting things done. And I can't wait Thank to you. hear about all of the coaches you serve with your new program. Thank, Thank you, you. For, Thank for your time being here today and sharing all your wisdom. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We will talk to you soon. Make it a great day. If you're like most women, you have a big dream on your heart and really want to make a positive impact in the lives of others. But self-doubt, fear, or other limiting beliefs often get in your way. What many women don't realize is that the one thing that can catapult them forward is deepening their self-love and self-esteem. So I have a free ebook for you that's really going to help you in this area. It's called 30 Days to Deepen Self-Love, and you can download it at the link in our show notes. Enjoy.